Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Led by Life. We're your hosts. I'm Rafaela, and this is Hannah. And Hannah and I are two manifestors in human design. And that's actually how we came together to create this podcast to talk about things that involve life, the human experience, wanting to take a deeper dive into just what it's like to kind of go through these different experiences with human design, the gene keys, um, and how it all feels. So here we are and welcome. Today we're getting into the 11th gene key and we're just going to go ahead and get right into it because I was sharing with Hannah just now that we we have this process in which we read each gene key and then we let it sit and contemplate it as Richard Rudd des- describes it. And then we come here and we discuss it and share it with you all. And I was telling her that I read the 11th last night, which is the gate of ideas in human design. And I have this gate defined. I actually have the whole channel, the 1156. And I read it and it's probably been the first one yet that from beginning to end of the chapter, I, I couldn't really, I don't, I I couldn't feel like I took anything away. Not that I didn't take anything away, but it was like, I read it and I was like, it's like I had just ingested words. It was so odd. (laughs) Yeah. I felt the same. Like, (laughs) um, I, yeah, I feel so unbelievably unprepared right now but maybe that's just because I couldn't really make sense of it and I'll probably have to revisit if revisit it a few times to make a bit more sense of it but yeah interesting one Mm -hmm. and interesting that you have it defined and you have the full channel and yet you still feel the same way (laughs) yeah yeah. Um, I so I believe what you were about to what you were either about to say or what you were sharing with me before we hopped on was that I yes I have it defined and I couldn't fully I can't I can't articulate back to you what I read. And I get mm. that's part of probably the process of the gene keys is you just, you just kind of take it in and see what kind of unfolds within you as the art of contemplation, right? But Hannah and I were talking about some of like what we feel the energy going on collectively. Mm-hmm. And I was sharing with her some um, social media posts that I had come across recently that one of them i felt as if i was i was reading something that was giving me fear while knowing that what it was probably trying to convey was empowerment over your health what you put in your body what you eat where it's grown how it's grown you know all that stuff and um you know, Hannah was saying to me that interesting enough, like someone like myself with a defined Ajna is probably more correct for me to be able to uh, 
what were your words to discern to discern mm. between like what's helpful and what's unhelpful information or opinions I suppose mm-hmm. yeah well and from my understanding like the whole channel um is this gift of being able to share insights and stories based off of your personal experiences in a very sort of creative, unique way that are most helpful for the collective that help them decide whether, yes, I want that or no, I don't want that. Yes, I want to do that or no, I don't want to do that. And um, maybe there's some truth in that. Maybe that's, you know, maybe you're right. Maybe that's my own ability of being able to read something and to pick up on, um, you know, I just kind of thought about this. Like, I also have a, like an open emotional center as, as do you. I mean, you have both of these centers similar to how I do, a defined ajna and an open emotional center. So I wonder if this is why we often relate in what I'm about to say. Tell me if you don't, but it's like, I'm picking up on this like um, emotion or frequency behind what's being said from an open emotional center and then having my own opinion or perspective on how what is being said could be shared so that the collective can take it in from a higher frequency rather than one of fear. Because when I read it, mm-hmm. I immediately went into like, oh no, like, how how am I going to do this or like support myself in this way or that way and it it was a short little moment of like all of these thoughts came up really fast but perhaps I wonder if that's why it would be really helpful for people to (laughs) sort of live out their design so that we're all you know sharing what is most uniquely what's most unique to us to share that's going to be perceived or taken in in the best way Mm. well this is really the um this is really how the open and the defined centers work isn't it because the Mm -hmm. defined centers is where we contribute and where we share our gifts and the open centers is where we learn and we gain wisdom from those energies. But it's not necessarily things for us to share. It's for us to be wise about and I suppose act like a reflector back from these open centers to show the health of that those energies and those frequencies. And so what's coming to me is that not everyone is des- designed to share their opinions because not everyone has a defined ajna um, or head centers where we where all these kind of opinions and these thoughts and these concepts and these ideas come from. So you as someone who has that defined and you also have the channel connecting to your throat, you in a way are particularly des- designed, I would say, to share your opinions and to share these thoughts and concepts and ideas because you have that connection to the throat where it comes out to be communicated. 
So that must be, you must be picking up, I would say, on where people are perhaps acting out of the shadow frequency or the not self of that energy center. Perhaps. You sort of just reminded me of how um, this, I don't know if it's the gate particularly or if it's the actual channel is referred to as like the design of a seeker or searcher and it brought me back to like I went right back into this memory that I have when working um doing some one-on-one work with Nikki and how uh we were oh my gosh it just it just like lost it just went away (laughs) the seeker yeah, literally. Oh, yes. Thank you. Okay. So I remember telling her, cause like a lot of this is also in the sensing circuit of the collective circuit. So it's very much associated with the right side of the body, the feminine energy, creativity. Um, and I was sharing with her how I sometimes will just begin journaling and I'll, something will come in and I'll have this insight and then I'll start doing like this inner work and I I'll do quote unquote inner, a lot of inner work. And I don't even like the way I'm putting these words together. I'm going to have to find new ones for them, for what I'm describing, because for some reason it's in a really weird way. I find it fun. It is literally like I'm searching for something And it's not because I constantly feel like I need to be fixed or I need to heal something or, you know, like I think I'm imperfect in some way. Truly a lot of me like doing this is because for me, it's, it's fun. I get a lot of enjoyment out of connecting these dots and I feel like I've done this a lot so that it is a gift to share with the world to kind of reflect to them on how they can connect their own dots. And that was like what was coming up in in that session that we had together was I was sharing with her. It's like, I don't just sit here and read through all of this or journal all of this out for myself. I remember telling her like, in some way, I know that I'm doing this to be of greater service to others. And sometimes I could probably go a little over and, need to take breaks, obviously, like it's not all about this kind of work and self-discovery, but I do Mm -hmm. notice that a lot of the work that I even do with others, I, yes, I pull from what I've learned in school and what I've read about, but I also, there's a part of that's pulling a lot from just the experiences that I've had in life. Mm -hmm. And then it's it comes out as stories, like storytelling, right? Because that's what the the channel's about, isn't it? So I also thought about this right before we started because I had read in the human design book, uh, like the the description of the gate, and it I feel like this is sort of kind of where our podcast was created out of. Like you have the gate that is in the circuit that starts from the, from the head, 
from the head center to the Ajna. So like, and then it connects this way for me. So we have this whole connection right here. And I feel like this is where our podcast really grew out of. And also our hearts. I agree. Yeah. I agree. And, but so here I feel like I can share it as a story. Um, But when I work individually with somebody, I'm very mindful of when and where and how to allow it to be a story for them. Like, when am I sharing a story for me? Because when you're, when you're in a one-on-one session, right? Like you're really there for the person that's in front of you. And so mm-hmm. I kind of have this like running log in the back of my head of like, how do I get what they need from the story without telling the story? But when I'm with you, this is where I feel like my gift really gets to sort of just like come out and do the storytelling sometimes and share the experiences. Yeah. And do you ever pull up your clients' charts? I do ask them. I tell them about, I've told a few about human design and I'll ask them if they're okay with me looking it up. And I I have uh, for a few people. Mm. Because I just, I'm just imagining like how I would want to, if I was in your position, I would want to know those parts about the person because surely that's really helpful information to know how to interact with them and to know what might be coming up or the things that you two when you're interacting with one another might be activated or yeah Mm. really cool (laughs) yeah no I do and um I was just gonna say I do when the when I feel like it's something that would resonate with them because you know I don't not everybody resonates with tools of the sort so yeah but anyway go ahead of course yeah uh I think I was going to say the the other thing that came to me was um how oh I feel like I've lost what I wanted to say (laughs) but it was something to do with how when these things are turned inward that's when it's not actually helpful for us like these energies and because I've been experiencing a lot of mental anxiety recently and I had a coach point out to me that the channel that I have, the 6447, which then connects up with the 5611, or no, 1156 to come out the throat, it can cause a lot of mental anxiety when the problems that you're trying to solve, because it's all about like solving problems and processing lots of different information and when you turn that inward and try and solve your own problems, it can cause a lot of anxiety and stress, which is something that I've been experiencing. So I wonder if it's a similar thing for you, like with these opinions and stories and things, I'm not sure, but that was just what was coming to me. Yeah, no, absolutely. For sure. I mean, um, I will I will say that I feel as if that's what a lot of what I've been trying to also work with in a, the last couple of years where, yeah, like I'm sort of have this energy of like a seeker or a searcher. And sometimes the seeking and the searching is 
done a little bit too much inwardly. And then, yeah, I have this, these mental anxieties or these doubts, or I'm trying to answer all of these questions in my own life. And, you know, I'll say that recently I've been able to really work with that and try to put it outward. And I will say that I feel like I could tell there's a difference in myself with just all of the different things that have also been going on in my life where I feel, and this is kind of going to like last week where I don't have the 10th, but I feel like I'm a little bit less self-obsessed, mm. which I don't know if it relates to like what we're talking about in that way. But I was telling a friend how like, yeah, I think sometimes I'll get a little bit too much focused on, you know, how this connects with that or like what does it mean about this or where did it stem from or how is it manifesting in my life right now and have all these big deep questions or want to have these answers when I just I need to trust that for me what the best thing that's going to happen is that the insight that I need to connect something is just going to drop in because I have that consistent energy like I don't need to do anything to make that happen I can trust that life will allow that to come into my experience whereas if I force it upon myself is when I do have this like mental anxiety Mm. that's so true the trust is like such a big piece but why do we find it hard is it because we are I know I I find it hard at times to trust myself and to trust these natural processes that I suppose are happening within us Mm -hmm. according to our own unique uh, constitutions, energetic constitutions. Um, How do we, how do we learn to trust ourselves and to trust these natural parts of ourselves? Is it through becoming more aware of it so that we can, just notice when it's happening, noticing, like for me, for example, noticing when I'm getting caught up in trying to, in worry, in anxiety, trying to solve all my own problems instead of putting that out, turning that outward to help other people. Um, Yeah, what do you think? I don't, I mean, I think obviously awareness is part of all of this, but I think that, Trust is one of those things that you actually have to like experiment with where you have to tell yourself like, okay, I'm for at least this amount of time, I'm not going to worry about this thing. I'm going to do everything else that I possibly can that either has to be done or needs to be done. But this thing I'm going to, I know what I would like to, the outcome to be of this thing that I might be like anxious or worried about. But for, I'm just going to try for this amount of time to put it to the side. And what happens in that time frame by the end of it with that thing being put to the side? You know, I wonder if like, then you realize like, oh, in that time, everything's still kind of going all right. Or maybe because you let it go, you physically said, I'm going to put this over here for this amount of time and focus on A, B, and C. Then 
did you did you get a solution to it? I feel like that's when the trust builds. It's more so like an active participation kind of thing. Because that's why I feel like people have such a hard time with trust is because it's not always tangible. Yeah, in a way it's like spiritual. Yeah. Because it's like trusting ourselves and trusting life and we're a part of life. Because what came to me before is, like, is human design the ultimate experiment in self-trust and trust in life? Because it's trusting that we were made the way we were made for a reason, so we need to get out of our own way to let us just be ourselves and we need to get out of the way of conditioning (laughs) like when I even say get out of our own way it's not really us it's getting out of the way of the things that aren't us yeah like what I thought about was what you said earlier about our responsibility over like what's our responsibility and what's not right so Mm. what is ours to make sure that we cultivate a healthy relationship with so that then we are providing the world with a healthy the sense of that center, that energy center? And where is it that we need to allow ourselves to be open to where we are open to letting life sort of unfold and give us the experiences that are meant for us to then gain wisdom and then share? Because I will say that I feel as if I'm in a very, (laughs) I don't even have a word to describe the moment in life that I am in, given the things that have been going on and that have been changing. And like, for example, today I woke up and I got a voice note from somebody that I worked with on on my website. She reached out to me and she said, hey, Rafa, I don't know if you'd be interested in this, but I have somebody that I've worked with and she does this, this, and this, and she lives in San Diego. And I feel like she's very much, um, you and her have a lot in common given the work that you guys do and what she does and your interests. I think you guys would really hit it off. So if you're okay with it, I'll connect you two. And Mm. I had like, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe (laughs) how, Life is literally just Mm. deeply supporting me in this process where I don't know anything. (laughs) I just know the route in which to get there, the job that I'm going to do when I get there. And that's it, really, in this Mm. moment. And I feel like because I've just taken a responsibility to be healthier in my heart in my strategy in my authority in my digestion like I was sharing with you over the weekend do I feel like I'm being presented with the support that I need for all of these other areas like my identity center you know as I reflected back to you in many of our episodes now you having a a, a, oh my god I'm getting fourth time a defined identity center and knowing the relationship that you have with that, I feel like it has sort of given me a sense of like, 
grounded direction into where I'm going. And Mm. that's been like so supportive to me. And I've noticed that a lot of people who I've shared this with who have defined identity centers, they're all like, you're going to do great. I don't have one worry in me about where you're going. It's been so crazy. Um, so, you know, that's sort of like a real life example to like what we're talking about with the openness and the defined. Mm. Yeah. Can I just pause for one second? Cause I realized my laptop's about to die and I forgot to plug it in. <laughs> Just give me one second. Yeah. Yeah. So what came to me was, is the human design chart the ultimate guide of awareness of ourselves? And it's for us to kind of experiment with and play with because obviously everything's going to be different to each and every one of us even if someone had the exact same circuits and channels and gates and everything as you do it would still play out in a different way because we there's so many different factors that come in and we're all just different unique human beings but in playing with the chart and in playing with these different things and bringing awareness to these different parts of ourselves and deconditioning along the way. So I suppose if if we look at deconditioning being this process of bringing awareness to the things that aren't really us so that we can act in a different way, letting go of the conditioning or the programming that we've picked up that isn't really who we are, then yeah, I suppose is playing and experimenting with all of these different things. That's, um, I don't know the point I was going to make, but (laughs) this is like really the ultimate tool in self-awareness. I mean, I feel so. And I had a friend who I was kind of sharing over the weekend. I was sharing, sharing with her a lot of like my experiment with human design and what I've learned and, um, she was like, she, and it's funny because she's actually the one, one of the avenues in which I picked up on it from, but she hasn't really gone as far into it as I feel like, you know, she's like, you've learned so much, but anyway, she was like, I just feel like this is why it's so important for everybody to know their human design. Like, it would just be so wonderful if everybody operated from, from this tool and so in some ways like I mean I don't know everything that's out there that helps people reconnect with their soul's journey and really live from this place of true authenticity but so far I mean human design has really brought across like the most profound changes for me so I would say yeah (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, me too. And we're both kind of pretty early on in our experiments as well. So that's another thing that, like you said, because you've been experimenting more with your human design and your digestion and all these different, like the four transformations, they call it in human design, um, these opportunities are coming towards you and life is kind of guiding you in a new direction or 
perhaps even towards the correct direction for you and for your life. Who knows what that will look like? But I remember Nikki saying something to me about how, because I I think I was complaining to her that I wasn't receiving many invitations or things had kind of gotten really quiet in terms of work and work opportunities for me. And I'm not a projector, but I do have a lot of projected energies. So things often come to me as invitations, opportunities come to me as invitations to to um, invite me in, I suppose. And I remember her saying like often when there is a lot of deconditioning work that needs to happen, when the, these energy centres or these energies are muddied with conditioning, then we do need a lot of rest. We need a lot of time to take care of ourselves and we don't necessarily have as many opportunities or things coming up because we have to kind of, it's like we're being guided to look at that. And I feel like that's kind of what's happening in my experience at the moment is I've had a lot of shadow around my 46th sun gate, the the 46th gate, which is in my personality sun. And I've had a lot of the shadow frequencies coming up for me. And in a way, a lot of other things have kind of felt like they're on pause, like things in my business haven't been moving very quickly. Other opportunities have kind of dried up where there would be normal like income streams and things like that have sort of dried up for me. And it has brought up a lot of fear. And I have been getting in my head a lot, getting really anxious about and creating these stories around what that means. But I think really what's coming to me through this conversation is that I'm actually just being directed or being guided towards deconditioning that part of my identity center, the the 46th gate. So it's just, yeah, I'm just taking this as an an invitation (laughs) through our conversation here to look at that. Mm-hmm. Have you worked with specific energies in your chart like that on like your how? so far? In what way? So have you noticed things coming up and you're like, okay, I think this is directly related to, I mean, I know we talk about how there's different layers and there's a yeah. lot of different parts of our parts that are interacting with one another, but often I find that there's like specific energies wanting attention, wanting some love. And so I'm just curious, have you played with that before with your own areas of definition or even openness? I would say that what comes to me immediately is the 63 and the 64, which are big parts for me as well, because they're my design earth and my design sun. And I'd say that because, um, I was just noticing it as you were speaking, how clear I feel in my sinuses right now. And as you know, for a really long time, I mean, this is going on a really long time, everyone. (laughs) I've had issues with my sinuses and it kind of relates to going back to what you were saying about that mental anxiety. I feel as if what I have been trying to do for a long time was figure everything out on my own. And when I finally sort of started embodying what it means to surrender, like, and what that means for me, 
to the process and where I'm at in life, have have I slowly but surely have gotten better. Now, I will say that I also have recognized that things can be also a physical thing happening that's you know, I have to be careful where I think that everything's related to something spiritual or emotional or or whatever. And kind of disregard that we are also on a very physical plane and that there are some things that can be happening within my body that are not of my necessarily undoing, but something that's occurring from the natural world around me. And I, I don't know why I wanted to share that, but because I think it's because I have um, physical things that are, have been going on, but with the sinuses, I do feel like a part of my sinuses for a long time and being congested was me trying to figure everything out. And the moments where I say, okay, I surrender to this process right now. I accept that this is where I'm at and I'm going to stop trying to effort so much and for so much of how I feel it should be or look or how it should be done or what I want right now. And each time that happens, I'm, I'm not kidding. Like a miracle happens. Like the magic happens right after. And I feel that that's maybe a lot of what's connected with maybe not the 11th gate so much, um, but more so, you know, my Ajna center, even like my undefined head center. Mm. I can't remember exactly, but 63 and 64, one is doubt and one is confusion. And for a long time, yeah. I have been, I've been self-doubting. And when I take that energy that's defined and I start turning it inward and doubting myself and my capabilities and where I'm going and how I'm doing it or this or that, then I'm just creating more than confusion in for myself when the confusion isn't really meant to for me to try to solve it's sort of to allow to just, can I allow things to not always be so clear? And that's mm -hmm. when like, I kind of get these insights that drop in or the clarity will sort of just happen. Like it does, I don't need to be doing it all. And I think that that's one of the important things to notice about the defined centers, whether they're gates or centers, is that these things will come out of you naturally if you allow them to. Like you don't have to necessarily do it because it is already part of who you are. And I think that that's really allowed for, um, you know, some of what I have felt mainly literally in like my sinus area to slowly kind of just like heal in the last couple months in this moment, <laughs> be honest, it feels so clear. Yeah. That's so good. And it's interesting how it is like in the head center, like where the Ajna kind of is in the right. body graph. I've noticed this. I think I even mentioned to you, I was experiencing a lot of heartburn and like indigestion for a while. And I felt, I felt it in my like G center. <laughs> um, probably sounds weird, but like I felt it in my chest. I felt it in where I kept imagining the body graph and how like I have this channel one eight connecting the um, identity center to the throat and I would feel it like in that channel and it was almost like a constriction in my throat. Like I couldn't really 
express myself and if I and then also that mental anxiety like I was getting headaches and feeling like that mental pressure but it's it's so interesting how it all correlates and you're right I think the surrender part is so I mean I'm interested to know do you think that surrender can be applied to every aspect of ourselves and our lives and our charts and because I know there are certain I know there's like a is it the well keeps coming up I know that's a has a lot to do with surrender and or there's certain gates and channels that are very much related to surrender but my question is do you think that surrender is something that we can work with with every energy and every aspect of ourselves in our lives and how might that look because I know that that's not always easy I want to say yes because I recently heard the same thing with surrender and I've been applying it to the micro moments of my life. Not these, not only just these big, whether are big events or aspects of life, like where I'm living or my business or money or, you know, relationships, whatever. I've also been sort of working with it as far as like the smaller aspects that lead to those bigger things. Like, okay, I have an idea of like, this is sort of like what I want or where I'm going or whatever. And for that day, in that moment, have I done everything that I can at that time for that thing that's related to that? Yes. Okay, well, then I need to step back. And then that's the surrender, right? That's where it's, okay, I can let go of this for just a little bit until the next moment presents itself where that needs my attention again. I really feel like, surrender is sort of this ebb and flow of where you need to be actively engaged and then when you need to like let your foot off the gas and just kind of like let it be on cruise control letting go letting go of grasping on almost Mm -hmm. what's been coming to me a lot recently is detachment this idea of detachment um because I've been working with some affirmations, I guess you could call them or just like I've been doing it with some of the EFT tapping that I've been doing and there's these two different statements. It's called intention tapping and there's these two different statements that you work with and one, well, that I've been working with and one is I release emotional attachment to and then whatever kind of problem is presenting in my life and then you tap on that. And then there's, I release all resistance and aversions too. And then it's the things that you actually want to draw in. And so in both ways, it's like detaching or releasing from either the desirable, um, sorry, releasing attachment to the undesirable thing and releasing attachment to whatever's standing in the way of the desirable thing coming mm-hmm. in if that makes sense so I've been working personally a bit with detachment recently I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that you just reminded me of something that I've essentially like these practices are 
neurofeedback practices. And there's one that I, I've done two sessions with. I can't remember exactly what the modality is called. I know it's it's not tapping, but it is a neurofeedback practice. And it was that same idea where the practitioner asked me to say exactly without holding back what it is that I am afraid of happening and the way in which my arm would respond, she could be able to tell whether that was true or not. And then the way my arm would respond, if it were true, then we'd keep going down and kind of like break it up a bit to let it out. And if it was false, you'd have to keep saying it or wording it in a different way until you actually hit the the true um, thing that your body was going to like body them respond to it. And she would pick up on it. She would know. And I thought it was like incredible. Um, there's, it's really amazing to me, the different techniques and interventions and practices that are out there that are like quick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I've, I've experienced that firsthand. Like I've done some Psych K, which seems, it sounds to be a bit similar um, in that they use muscle testing, which is also, I think that's, it comes from kinesiology where they mm -hmm. kind of test how your body responds to different statements and different beliefs and, and ideas. And um, yeah, also with the emotional freedom technique, with the tapping, we've been kind of, We'll, we'll work with a statement and then she asks me like how true does this feel right now and I'll give her like a percentage of how true it feels and then we kind of work, work through it with tapping and work and with the intention like I shared before releasing emotional attachment to something or releasing any resistance to what it is that I do want uh, to be the truth or to be the belief and then even just in the span of like a half hour the difference that that's had mm -hmm is mm -hmm. profound mm -hmm. it's amazing yeah it really is so it's so interesting and I always I, there's like a part of me that's a little bit skeptical of it and it's not that I'm skeptical about it it's that I know the support that I have in processing that and that's where this might go completely off topic to what we're talking about. I don't know, but that's where sometimes I, I can see, and I've had discussions with other people who are in the similar, um, in like the wellness space or the mental health space, right. Where there's sort of this blurred line here where people want to maybe get involved with these quick modalities, whether it be things like this, um, or uh, like hallucinogenics or some sort of like mm -hmm. drugs or whatever, mushrooms or natural medicine or plant medicine, right? And I'm, if that's for you, then it's for you by all means, please go on and do it. But I think that people have to be very cautious kind of to like the words earlier. Um, what is the word you use when you were describing me with the D? Oh, to discern, like discern. Use, Thank you. Um, yes, discernment. Yeah, 
you know, people have to use their own discernment on knowing if they have the resources that are going to help them through something like that, because it can be very profound. And it's been helpful for me to know that I have supports in my life that I can then go and like process some of the shit that comes up because it's so intense. Right. But if, if people have to just, I just share this as a little bit of wisdom to make sure that you have like your supports, your, Mm -hmm. the, the people or places that you can go to, to process some of the things that may come up for you when you do some of the more, more immediate practices, because it's almost like a little shock to your system. It can be a rewarding shock, but if you don't have anywhere to go to kind of talk Mm -hmm. through it or share it or discuss it, or just have someone hold some space for you through it, like, cause that practitioner can't spend three, may not be able to spend three hours with you, you know? And because it is sort of like a, maybe a relieving shock, it's still a shock. Mm -hmm. Like you're still getting back this information or this healing and it's not, you shouldn't have to carry it or hold it on all by your own. You know, you should be able to, part of healing is to do it with others. Um, So anyway, that's just my little bit on that. I completely agree with you. And um, I mean, I'm not a therapist, so I don't know, like, you would have a lot more wisdom in that um, sense, but in that area, but definitely. And I feel like there's a lot of, with the wellness industry at the moment, like and on social media, people are feeling like they need to use all these different things to quote unquote, fix themselves. Mm-hmm. And first of all, you're not broken. Mm-hmm. You're just wounded or you've just got these parts of you that are asking to be healed and every time I've worked with some kind of different alternative modality, it's always come to me in the right timing. It's always come to me when I needed it. And I think this is where trust in life and trust in ourselves and trust in the journey comes in because we will be presented with whatever it is that we need at the time, in the perfect time to work with. And I had this whisper for years that EFT tapping would be something helpful for me, but I didn't, I didn't really feel quite ready to work with it. And then it's just come to me beautifully in the last few months. And I found a practitioner who also works with human design. Had I, I mean, I'm sure it would have been a helpful tool years ago when I first started getting this whisper of like, this is something that could really benefit you. And maybe it's something I'll work with for a little while or forever, who knows. But right now I'm working with it and it has been really supportive with some of the things that have been happening for me. But like had I gone and forced myself to do it years ago, maybe I would have seen, I'm sure I would have seen some great results. But I think that in a way life has its own perfect timing of bringing us to these things when we really need them. The same happened with human design. It came to me when I really needed it. And now that I've got some sort of a basic understanding of human design, I've had this EFT practitioner that I've discovered who has a background in human design. So she's able to speak so much more specifically to me because she can see my chart and she can see the different areas and explain to me some of the things that are happening 
as we're working together and it it just feels so much more effective because of that because it's come to me at the right time and with the right person so I feel like or my feeling is with social media and with this like wellness craze um people might be forcing themselves to do things not in the right timing you know just because just for the sake of healing or in a way wanting to bypass the process of healing do you get that sense in a way as well yeah and you know one of these days we're gonna have to get together with with my dear friend Whitney who have who I've told you about shout out to Whitney um (laughs) because yeah I mean I've had this conversation a lot with her she's she's been she's experienced herself firsthand where people with significant traumas wanting to take alternative routes and please like by all means like they're helpful they are helpful and they work for people but when when you have somebody who decides to take an alternative route and then they keep coming to you with the same issue of what they went to that alternative route for it's you're you're kind of missing the point people want these you know really like sort of life-altering insights and experiences and healings for themselves but then don't necessarily know how to apply the things that you need that are more mundane to mm-hmm. allow that insight to really kind of or that healing to kind of really allow itself to like unfold within your system and that's that's really what her and I have like noticed and even talked about a lot is there's this this um sort of in this meshing of therapeutic and healing and where people are wanting a lot of the healing and not necessarily um, applying all of the therapeutic aspects right therapeutic is more of this ongoing approach like it takes a process to it 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 has some time it needs to be worked with and healing is like the result of all of this really in my opinion so people are like I I want this to be healed. They just want to be like, that's it. I want to be done with it. And that's not really how it works. Um, and, you know, as you were speaking, I was thinking like, no, this isn't really off topic because for you and I, people with defined ajnas, we, it's correct for us to sort of share what we've learned in our own experiences and our insights and thoughts and ideas, right? The, the gate ideas, <laughs> Um, here Mm, around certain things and the you know we're not sitting here telling the tech industry how to do the tech industry right Mm. we're kind of I think speaking from experience and from what we genuinely know and have a a depth of knowledge and um and I say that because now it kind of comes full circle as to why we the 11th And maybe there wasn't something that we really needed to know from this 11th gate more. So it was an opportunity to be in the 11th of sharing our ideas or Mm -hmm. some of the things that we think, because so the shadow of the 11th is obscurity. And 
I wonder if that just applies to a lot of these different things that we were talking about. Yeah. And remind me what the gift is again. Idealism um, or ideal. Idealism. Idealism. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then the city it, is light. Yeah. yeah. And so it's almost like bringing to light. Yeah. These truths. Yeah. yeah. No, for sure. I, um, the, the, this gate is one of four that are in, um, the ring of light. I believe that's what it's called. Right. Yeah. And I, as I was reading it, I was like, oh, okay, this is going to be great because I'm going to get all of this knowledge around all of these different gates that make up the ring of light. Cause I have three out of the four. Um, I think the only one I'm missing is the 56. No, it's, there's the ninth. Oh, the ninth. I don't have the ninth gate. So I have oh, the fifth, okay. the 11th and the 26th. Yeah. Yeah. Defined. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like it just came so full circle. It's almost like just showing it in action, showing yeah. the ideas in action. And can I just quickly have a look at, so the, the 11th is the gate of ideas, you said? The 11th is the gate of ideas, yes. Gate of ideas. And this is in, in the collective circuitry, right? The collective circuit. Yes. And it's connected to... Yeah, yeah, it's connected to the 56th gate, which is the gate of stimulation. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting, yeah. And like we said earlier, um, so how the circuitry works is it starts in the 64th, it moves down to the 47th, which I have the full channel, and then it goes across the Ajna. <laughs> it flips over to the other side of the, the head centre, um, sorry, the Ajna Center and goes from the 56 down to the 11 in the, oh, other way around, 1156. <laughs> yeah. The throat, which Rafa has. So this is really like this, we're seeing these channels in action as we're sharing these thoughts and ideas and um, sifting through all this different information to have some sort of story or truth come out through the throat. So yeah fascinating I wonder um do you feel do you feel a little bit more stimulated than you did before we started today yeah yeah me I too. also feel um I feel a lot lighter mm. I feel a lot more calm I feel like well I feel supported as well um I often feel like that when I'm around you. I feel supported to like just be myself. And before we got on this call, I was feeling a bit emotional and I shared mm. that with Rafa and I had a bit of a cry and I just am so grateful because you, as always, just hold such beautiful space for me. And then as we've been going through this conversation, I felt like a lot of clarity actually about wow some of these problems, these quote unquote problems that I've been feeling like this mental pressure with and then and this disconnect that I've been feeling with my 46th 
sun personality sun gate. And so I just feel a lot clearer in my head, which I think is going to help me to just kind of um, let go of some of that control in those areas that I've been perhaps overthinking and just allow myself to be a bit more and to let things unfold, which is so much of what we've talked about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I, uh, I'm just, you know, going to share a moment of gratitude because it's just great. This, this podcast has been so much fun talking each week and kind of going through all of the different uh, energies and just having the conversations. If you guys uh, have somebody in your life you can who you can have deep and meaningful conversations with and really get into the nitty gritty of what it's like to be a human, I encourage you to do so because it's so mm-hmm. supportive and so rewarding and just so heartwarming, honestly. So thank you guys for listening and thank you, Hannah, for being here with me. Thank you. Yeah. All right. Well, next time we meet, uh, your girl may not be in Florida anymore. So I will probably be coming back to you all from the opposite coast. So exciting. Good luck with everything. You're going to do amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye.